Hello, all you beautiful people. This is Optimistically Depressed, and I am your host, Ruth McMullen. Thanks for joining me. It's always a pleasure having all of you listening in. It means a lot to me. Uh, things are going well this past week. I'm visiting with family, and that feels so great. And I'm, uh, I, <laughs> I actually went on a camping trip this past weekend. And uh, it was one of those like trips where you pack up a backpack and you hike out and you set up a tent and, you know, rough it for a couple days. None of that out of car camping that I grew up doing. And uh, it's funny because I used to like really pride myself on being a country girl. And all of a sudden this past weekend, I realized that that's just not really true for me anymore. And I think that um, my brother is too gracious to really say anything, but I noticed that he seemed to kind of have a little bit of a an eye out for me as we were as we were camping. He was um, he was very quick to provide food <laughs> and, and kind of help out with, you know, just different like carrying heavier stuff and just different things. And it just made me realize like, that part of me that I used to really pride myself on, like just being like a, a girl that could, like a person that could go out and rough it for a while and not really be phased by it. And, uh, and that really enjoyed just being outside for long, like for days at a time. That's changed. I, I like coming home to a comfortable bed and I enjoy, you know, being able to get up and have a cup of coffee without having to start the fire and, you know, like not, you know, boiling water and dumping some instant coffee in it. I want to be able to like have cream in my coffee and a little bit of sugar. You don't do that when you're camping. And as it turns out, I've become high maintenance and it's actually kind of a hard pill to swallow <laughs> because I totally... Like, I kind of was like, yeah, I'm high maintenance, but I can, you know, turn it off when I need to. And, you know, I did, but it was, it was a hard go. And because I got Lyme disease last summer, I was extra paranoid when we were, like, you know, trekking through some longer grass and, and stuff like that. It was just like, oh, I can't get Lyme disease again. And it's just been, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a, a strange eye-opener. I don't really know what to do with this right now. I'm still kind of processing what I think about it. But um, it's just, it's it's funny how, you know, as you kind of, as you grow and as you, you know, move away from home, like I live provinces away from where I, I grew up and where most of my family is. And I've just gotten into, you know, with different groups of people in a different lifestyle. And all of a sudden it's changed me. And it's just very strange to realize, like, just to kind of see the evidence of that change. And I'm still, yeah, that's as far as I've really come, as far as thinking about it goes. The rest of the thinking about it that I do is not very positive towards myself because it's kind of, it's difficult to just not be who I really identify with. Um, yeah, so that's been something that I've been kind of processing for the past couple days. Um, but it's just so lovely to be able to spend time with my brother and with my sister-in-law. They are two wonderful, incredible people. 
yeah, and their dog Charlie is also quite the sweet little thing. Although she's a German Shepherd, so she's actually a huge thing, but she's very sweet. And her and Picard have become very good friends. Picard kind of annoys her because he's young and he wants to climb all over her. And she's a little older and she's not really into that sort of stuff anymore. But she's actually very tolerant and it's still really cute. So I got to interview two people in one podcast. And it was a fascinating conversation because these two people, um, Sid and Emma were a married couple. Um, they've been together for, uh, they'd been married for under a year, but they've been together for uh, years. And, um, a few months after they got married, they kind of just realized that they, a lot of who they were had changed speaking about changing. Um, they had changed. And as it turns out, as it turned out, they weren't able to support each other the way that they needed to as a married couple. And so this is a this is them talking about their journey through discovering that they actually weren't going to be what they needed for each other and how they could best fit into each other's lives. And it is really incredible how I was sitting here and I was looking at them as we're doing, as we're talking, as we're doing this podcast and they're still looking at each other very lovingly. Like you can see that they really love each other. And so it's just, I've never really heard of uh, a marriage um, ending in such a beautiful and kind way. They're still so like, they're still really great friends and it's making me really think about how I view my relationships and you know what it is to be loving through everything and uh, they yeah they really did show quite an incredible example of what it is to be loving through anything and I was just I felt very privileged to be able to sit down with both of them and talk about their journey I hope that, I, I know that you're going to find this episode also to be very interesting. It's something that um, is more unlike um, other episodes that I've done. Um, but I still think it's very important to look at all different kinds of ways of living and the emotional, uh, the emotional journey that we all go through when we're experiencing unexpected stages of our lives things that we just never really thought that we would get to and they handle it they're handling it very graciously and very lovingly so I'm very happy to be able to introduce all of you to Sid and Emma <laughs> How's it going? Good. Great. Oh, excellent. All right. So I have Sid and Emma mm -hmm. here. And for the first time, we're doing a three-person podcast. A two for, a two for, for a three for. Three for. Three for. Yeah. Three for. Yeah. Three for. <laughs> Something like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Emma, you are living in Calgary right now. Yeah, yeah. I moved to Calgary um, just over a year ago, very close to my one-year anniversary of living on the other side of the country. So what yeah. caused you to move out to Calgary? Um, I'm a veterinarian, and I got a really exciting opportunity. I just did a one-year internship at the Calgary Zoo. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, oh, that's really, really cool. It was really cool, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty great. Yeah. So, and you said it was a one-year? It was a one-year, yeah, but I am staying in Calgary for the next year. I'm actually continuing. I'm going to graduate school, um, working under my boss at the zoo, so I'm doing more research into the conservation species that we work with. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm really excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you grew up in Bedford. I did, yeah. So, yeah. It's, yeah, sorry, you go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I lived in Bedford for my whole childhood, and then I went away for one year and then um, came back to Nova Scotia to go to university. I went to Acadia, and then I did vet school. Um in Charlottetown, PEI, and then I moved to Cold Lake, and that's where I met Sid. Hi. Working my first year as a real vet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in Cold Lake, so then, mm-hmm. Sid, uh, I know a little bit about what took you out there, but mm-hmm. would you mind sharing? Yeah, I grew up in Winnipeg, joined the military when I was 20 because I wanted to be a firefighter, and so I spent 10 years as a firefighter in the military, and... After training, I was posted to Cold Lake, which was an oil and gas town in a pretty isolated place, and spent five years single and lonely. And on my last year there, I swiped right and met Emma on Tinder Ta-da. and changed my whole life. Yeah. And then now, yeah, but just over a year later, we got posted to Sherwater, Halifax. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that we bombed around in Nova Scotia. We were in Dartmouth and then Truro and then most recently about a year and a half ago moved to Halifax together. So wait you say we got posted. What do you mean? We got posted. So uh, got posted and I came. That's, yeah. that's what that means. Really. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you were what were you doing in Coldwater? Uh, in Cold Lake, I was... Cold Lake, uh, yeah, so it was right after I graduated from vet school. Um, and my grandparents are from Cold Lake. My dad grew up there. Okay. Um, so I ended up out there working um, for mixed animal practice. It was just my first job after um, graduating from vet school. So I was there for two years total. Um, yeah, and that's it. And we were together for the last like year and a half that I was there. And then when he got posted to Shearwater, I came with him, came back home. And how long, so you two were together for a year and a half, mm-hmm. then you moved Yep. and remained together for, yeah, then we were here for what, like another two and a half years, mm-hmm. two and a half years, and then, no, two years total, and then I moved to Calgary. Yeah. And then we got married last August. <laughs> yeah, so we got married uh, about four years into it, the relationship, mm-hmm. and um a month before the wedding, so the last month of our engagement, Emma moved to Calgary because she got that opportunity, which we, you know, was was kind of a, a surprise. We knew something exciting was going to happen, um, which was fine. Yeah, and things were changing a lot for you at that time too. That's right. Yeah, so I had started a business in Halifax. Um, I was trying really hard to work on mine with it a lot, and was also still in the military as a firefighter. Um, yeah, so we got married in August, and I was still here in the military and working on my business and Emma was working on her career in Calgary. Mm -hmm. True. That's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then Sid, you moved out to Calgary for a little while or did you just like go out there to stay for a little while? Yeah, I 
I didn't, I felt like I really didn't live anywhere, honestly, okay. which is fine for me as soon as Emma left. So I managed Airbnbs and then I put my place on Airbnb and just kind of bounced around with friends and family and Airbnbs and would start to come visit as much as I could. And it ended up being a lot more than expected at first. I'd come for a month or two and um, stay there and work online and, and try to spend time together and then would travel a bit and half the time would come back to Halifax and work on my business here. And that all happened in September. I quit the military after just a little over 10 years. So that's how I was able to go back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so then let's get into your relationship. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's changing currently. <laughs> yeah, so it's currently changing. Right. Let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Maybe it. We should talk about it. Okay. So yeah, I mean, madly in love for a long time. Had the most amazing marriage and wedding and... Um, we grew so much, so much together and inspired each other to do such big and amazing things. Mm -hmm. And when we ended up moving apart, we're just at this massive growth stage that we helped each other to get to. And we just kept growing and growing, but now quite separately. Um, and with per communication skills, long distance, we, we didn't say super connected through it. Um, and yeah, and just kept growing and Mm -hmm. the, after the wedding, um, left the military, I came out a good bit. It was pretty good at first. And then it just started getting kind of difficult, almost like we were trying to force something to happen. We're trying to force a relationship because we're supposed to. Yeah, I think we both felt pretty obligated to each other at that point, obviously, as a married couple. Um, but definitely our lives were growing apart pretty quickly. Um, Sid had a lot of priorities with his business, um, and I had a lot of priorities. It was a really busy year for me with work, and I really liked what I was doing and was really invested in it. Um, and yeah, like Sid said, we um, just were communicating quite poorly I would say the year was pretty difficult um and I think over the over the year just we both changed a lot and in good ways but made us sort of realize that maybe we weren't the best partners for each other anymore mm-hmm. so over the past say like two or three months we've been talking more and more and finally came to the realization that maybe we would be better suited um as friends but still very important to each other's lives and have kind of very amicably decided to part ways on the marriage front only. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is actually the first time I just came back to Halifax yesterday. So this is the first time I've seen Sid since we've decided not to be married anymore, but it's going pretty well. Which was over the phone a month ago. Yeah. And we actually haven't even seen each other physically for two and a half months. Right. I left... Calgary on a road trip across the states and then came here and I've been on the east coast mm-hmm. two and a half months since I've seen you it's really wonderful to see you oh, hello. good I missed yeah. you nice. so like I know that people are like this is unusual we think so yeah like so yeah <laughs> it seems like really nice hmm. yeah it's definitely we were just talking today that it's it's not the the advice that you normally get from from anyone, anyone that we talked about it with when we were struggling really hard was always like, oh, well, you just really have to put the work in and you have to, you know, maybe go talk to somebody and maybe one of you has to sacrifice a little bit and, um, and you know, you know, make a big change to try and make the relationship work. But the more we talked about it, the more that we couldn't really find um, a solution that both of us were going to be happy with. And we thought, 
you know, if we were even going to try and make it work, that one of us was going to have to make a big sacrifice. I was either going to have to, you know, move back here and quit the career path that I kind of started on, or Sid was going to have to give up big parts of his business to be able to live in Calgary, because um, we just, neither of us were very happy doing it long distance. Um, but the more we talked about it, the more we realized that there was something else going on as well, that it wasn't just that we weren't living in the same place. That wasn't the only reason that it wasn't working. Um, and that maybe it wasn't worth us for one of us to make a big sacrifice and then have it not work mm-hmm. anyway. Um, so once we really started communicating really openly with each other about what we wanted and what we felt like had changed in the relationship over the last year, we just really easily kind of came to that conclusion together. Um, and everyone we've told so far has been quite supportive, even though it's maybe not the advice they would have came up with on their own. But yeah. I think it seems to make sense to everyone once we explain it to them. Yeah, it takes a bit of explaining. They have to see how happy we are and that mm-hmm. somehow we're both happy. Yeah. Instead of making a big change to make it work, we actually just made a little change and didn't make any sacrifices. Yeah, it's kind of where we already were. We were just, we're still calling each other husband and wife, but neither of us were really acting like it. So now that we just call it what it is, it makes it a lot easier. And we've mm-hmm. been communicating a lot better since we decided to just call it like it is yeah and the label husband and wife I mean that was a lot to live up to and I wasn't being a good husband you weren't being a good wife Mm -hmm. so we dropped that label and there isn't really another one that works you know best friend is just something else to live up to where we're just we're good we're just us and we're still in a relationship um it's just a platonic one now Mm -hmm. still love each other yeah or didn't love yeah Right. <laughs> so you said that there were, it wasn't just the distance. Mm-hmm. So what else was going on? Um, I think definitely just the things that we want have changed over the last year. And I mean, Sid and I have grown and changed a lot together for a long time, but we always had these sort of dreams that really coincided well together. But now I think, um, especially since, you know, Sid's been focusing on his business full time. I mean, that, that changes a person for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, just having my career path change um, a little bit. I think Sid's probably changed a little bit more, um, and it's all in really good ways. It just means that maybe we don't want the same things. Um, I think Sid felt pretty restricted in his life when he lived in Cold Lake, especially that's really isolating, and he was in the military, so had a really strict schedule all the time. And now that he's an entrepreneur, he gets to make his own schedule, and I feel like um, that made him maybe not want to be as tied down as maybe I want to be <laughs> at this point in my life. Mm. Um, so Sid now has this really interesting chance to, you know, explore all the things that he wanted to do maybe in his 20s and his early 30s that he didn't get to, traveling and meeting a bunch of new people and all that kind of stuff, where I'm sort of at the point where I really want to focus on my career in one place, um, settle down, maybe have kids, that kind of thing. Um and neither of us want to really sacrifice those things for the other person. So yeah, we like to say that we chose ourselves instead of the relationship. And mm-hmm. I think that makes the most sense to put it that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we both are going through another transformative stage. Yeah. Um, which we had gone to, through together. And we had before we met each other in our early 20s and our mid 20s. And mm-hmm. now we need to do it on our own and with other people Yeah. to actually get the full value from this stage of our lives mm-hmm. and it still feels really nice to really support each other in those things and I can understand why Sid wants what he wants now I like see how those changes happened and I'm sure that he would feel the same way about me and I really support everything that he's doing but I think 
it just, you know, not unfortunately, but unfortunately it just means that probably best that we don't continue on mm -hmm. together anymore. Yeah. So that's okay. <clears throat> so a lot of people frame it, oh, unfortunately, or I'm really sad for you guys. Or it's, right. sorry for your loss. But <laughs> actually it's, it's the opposite. You're like, thank goodness that we did this in this way and that this is happening and that we let it run its natural course and aren't forcing it because we're the happiest we've been in a long time. I mean, you are just so glowing and happy and <laughs> uh, so wonderful just to have that light shining from you now that the anxiety is gone and we can mm -hmm. be happy and yeah, move forward with our lives. Yeah, and I think we respected the relationship enough that we didn't want to wait until it got to a point where there was a lot of resentment and anger. And Sid and I both thought it was really important that we find a way to still be in each other's lives and have that part of it. And I feel like if we had tried a bunch of other things first or, you know, if one of us had sacrificed a lot and then we had gotten to this point anyway, that we probably wouldn't be able to be friends like we are now. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, Sid, would you say that leaving the military had a huge impact on you personally? Yeah, definitely. It's not something I really even think about, but um, the, the biggest thing for me is just dropping down those rules and restrictions, um, mainly not being able to live or just even be where I want to be. So they kind of dictated that. I really did love the job. I loved what I was doing as a firefighter, um, but I, they were eventually going to move me again somewhere potentially like Cold Lake, and I just wanted to be able to live my own life with the people I wanted and um, the military, firefighting especially, was such a huge social aspect to my life. Um, and some of it's kind of forced to be with people of differing values. So took it for granted, but leaving that situation and leaving some of that negativity, some of that positivity, made me have to seek it out on my own, where I already had great friends, but now I have this huge social gap to fill. I'm working kind of on my own a lot of the day and I need to be with people and socializing. So that played a part into our relationship even when I'd come visit them in Calgary where I just had this huge void to fill for um, just interacting with people and getting affection and love even that we weren't able to really give each other enough of. Mm -hmm. And so even when I'd come to Calgary, I'd be spending a lot of time with other friends. Um, so that probably played a part of it. Whereas when I was firefighting and then I'd come home and then Emma would come home one night, I just kind of want to chill out and just hang out and be in each other's space a lot more, but started to feel like we weren't really adding value in each other's space and needing other things. And so, yeah. So would you think that like having such a strict, like, it sounds like the military, like it's, you know, obviously strict on your schedule. It's strict on your behavior. Like you're pretty much having many aspects of your life dictated to you. So is it possible that like, because you lived that way for 10 years, it made it so you lost a lot of who you were? Yeah, like, definitely. Um, well, Emma, you can speak to it. You're saying that uh, it never really seemed like I was in the military. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people that are in the military definitely take it on as like part of their personality for sure. It's a big part. They have a big sense of pride in it, mm-hmm. which I don't think necessarily is wrong. Um, but I really liked that when I met Sid, I never thought I would date anyone who was in the military. Um, but when I met Sid, it would just it was something he did, but it wasn't who he was, which was nice. Um, you know, I used to say all the time that you could you could spend a, a huge chunk of time with Sid and then never guess that 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 was something that he did, that he was in the military. It just wasn't part of his personality. So I don't know if it necessarily changed you. I mean, he was still himself, but he was restricted in what he could do. And I think, you know, Sid might be a different person if he didn't spend five years of his 20s in a very isolated northern town in Alberta. Mm. Um, He could have traveled and spent time with like-minded people and that kind of thing. Um, he did have a good group of friends, but he didn't get to see them all the time because of where he was. So I feel like now that he has the freedom to do those kinds of things, um, understand why he wants to take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I tried not to let that become a part of my identity and didn't really hang out with work friends outside of work. But it was work. And I think for probably most jobs, there are going to be a lot of things you do at work that you don't want to do or wouldn't normally do. And for me, that was a lot of just the boring stuff, inspecting vehicles and administrative tasks. And I mean, I still have to do that as a business owner, but now I really am choosing what I do in my life and I'm dictating what my life is and I can put more of myself into what I'm doing. A big thing that was lacking is the creativity. If I didn't show up to work, um, somebody else would be taking my spot on the truck. If I quit, they'd be training somebody else to fill that position. Whereas now, uh, with me being a creative person, I can create through business and create this life. Originally, I thought I'd be creating a life with Emma, which was such an exciting creative period of my life, just building these dreams and painting what our future is going to look like. And now I'm creating and have been creating a life for the past year without you that sees me going to South America for a few months um, Mm -hmm. because for the first time ever I can. I'd only ever go for two or three weeks traveling at a time. Now I can actually go live somewhere. Mm -hmm. I've created the structure that allows me to work from anywhere and not have a set schedule and potentially be more beneficial for me to be working with one of my employees in Guatemala. And you have done something quite different where you're set to one place and working in this city at this job with structure um which is great and that works for you and so that was kind of a fear for a bit of okay how much of what I want do I have to sacrifice to be able to be a part of that um and vice versa in some ways yeah for sure so it seems like you both just discovered that you each of you thrive in very different circumstances yeah, exactly. And and we really didn't want to have to ask the other person to not do what they wanted and to, yeah. Um, you know, we would talk about Sid moving to Calgary, but I just could tell that it wasn't going to make him happy. And I just, I really didn't want to ask him to do it. And I really didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for the last few months of our relationship, we kept having this sort of like cyclical conversation where we would express the same things over and over again and neither of us were really changing how we were feeling but we just couldn't come to a conclusion so Mm. I was planning to move to Calgary and if we were madly in love it would have been easier Mm -hmm. but I was also just really trying to work as hard as possible locally with the business so that I could be running it from Calgary Um, and it 
is something that was always kind of a plan. And yeah, there's some sacrifice there, but worth it for this thing we've built as a relationship. Till we realize, okay, it's more than just that. It's more than just sacrificing a bit of where you live and business. It's um, that we are no longer teaching each other and fulfilling each other Mm -hmm. um, passionately and romantically and giving each other the kind of love that the other one needs. So when you say you're no longer teaching each other, mm-hmm. what does that look like to each of you? Um, I don't know. I guess what I was thinking is that, I mean, Sid and I used to have sort of a similar sort of passion for our work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sid's passion, he got definitely more passionate about what he's doing now, but it's not something that I connect with. And it's a huge part of his life. Um, and I would feel so terrible that it wasn't something that I really connected with. And I, you know, I would get these sneaky thoughts in my head about, you know, like Sid really deserves to be with someone who can share this with him. And I just don't feel like I can. Um, I mean, Sid's creating an amazing business in Halifax with, um, like property management, Airbnb property management and, and running this huge company that's growing so fast and I could tell how passionate and excited he was but it's just not something that interests me to a huge degree. I'm super proud of him. Um, But I just thought that he deserved to be with someone who could bounce ideas off with him um, and help him grow that side of him that's become so much who he is. You know, as much as he wasn't who he was when he was in the military, being an entrepreneur is so much a part of his personality now, which is is great, Um, but it just means that I'm maybe not the best partner for him anymore. Um, And similarly, I think, I know that Sid thinks what I do is cool, but it's not something that he connects with. You know, maybe I should let you speak to that, but. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I love it. I mean, going backstage at the zoo and seeing what you do with the animals and Mm -hmm. uh, especially endangered animal and conservation research work. It's just, it it really is very cool. yeah, I'm not a scientist, but I, I do love to see all the science and, mm-hmm. and everything that you're doing. And yeah, it's not something I connect with overly um, yeah, and don't have as much of a passion for animals as so many other people do. And the funny thing is we're talking about this, but I actually don't want that in a partner. I don't want a partner to talk to me about my business. <laughs> and I did for a while, for sure. The whole startup phase, now it's two years in. Right. I'm, 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 you know, by the end of for a long time, I was thinking how great it would be to have a partner who's also my co-founder or have a partner to work with and to who's also an entrepreneur maybe. And we have right. these similarities we can work on. And mm-hmm. if you got into business, what that would be like. Uh, and eventually came to a point where I realized that that is not how I want my romantic relationships to be structured. Right. Um, definitely is important that someone respects, supports, and is proud of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know dating another entrepreneur I can see but yeah I wouldn't want it to be someone in my same field or someone that I actually talk to business about now that I've been doing it so much I need my separation right yeah yeah I, mm-hmm. and that was that was firefighting for me too I never asked anyone what they do for a living because then they would ask me and then oh military firefighter what's that tell me your day-to-day oh my gosh my day-to-day I do it every freaking day and everyone I meet wants me to tell them about it it's exhausting and I feel like my passion and my business is great. I have to keep changing what my business is for it to be exciting and right. creative to me. Mm-hmm. But um, just to have to get into the day-to-day of it um, 
isn't something I'm interested. So what, something that was appealing to me about our relationship was I could come home from work and not have to talk about my day at work. <laughs> um, right. Because in, unless that's something I really want to or need to talk about, that's a small mm-hmm. talk for me. Yeah, right. So mm-hmm. it's nice to have that break and separate that work. Right. But, um, yeah, for us it was important to at least... Um, find what the other person's doing interesting and support right. it, mm-hmm. whether we're involved with it or not. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't something that was necessarily happening? Mm, no, not really. No. Um, when I first met Emma, I'd come to the vet clinic all the time and want to see all the stuff she's doing late at night and come to surgeries and go in the middle of the night and watch her do a C-section on a cow and help with it. And it was all exciting stuff and I'd like to go to the zoo and check out what she's doing. But over time... Yeah, that wasn't my passion. If that was something I was doing as volunteer work, that wouldn't have turned into a career for me. And, you know, I brought you around the fire hall a lot, and that was interesting to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually loses a bit of interest. But with the business, there wasn't really much interesting for me to bring you around for, mm-hmm. to share with you. Yeah, and I just feel like, you know, when I was just a, a, like a vet, when I was just working in mixed practice, it was what I did, but it wasn't a huge part of who I am. But I feel like the career paths that we're going on now are starting to become a little bit more than that. Like, they're definitely not just our jobs, they're our passions as well. Um, so, yeah, finding someone, I think, who can share those a little better with us mm-hmm. would probably be ideal. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're very invested in, like, the creative side of your business, too, which is not something that I'm Absolutely. super useful <laughs> For me, that, that is the most important mm-hmm. thing, that I am being creative and creating, yeah. so to be around other creative people. Mm-hmm. in general regardless of business I think is right. impactful to me and feeds me and yeah. for you scientific analytical people <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I, watching you two talk to each other is actually like <laughs> it's so fascinating because like you can tell like there's so much respect that each of you had like each of you has for the other person and there's a lot of love there still. Like, you can obviously tell that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, is this painful? Mm. No. I was definitely worried about what it would be like to see Sid for the first time since it happened. And if that would, you know, bring on back a lot of memories and make me a little bit more mournful of, you know, the all the good times that we had. And But... No, not really. It's been it's been fine. It's been really nice to see him and have a chance to talk in person. Um, but it's really just reiterating everything that I've already felt and all the process that I've already gone through. And it just feels like the right choice. Um, and I'm, yeah, it just makes me more happy that we did it in a way that we still get to have love for each other and respect for each other and be in each other's lives in a meaningful way and not have it had waited too long and let it get sour before we made this decision. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we also are happy that we know the other person does have needs out there to be fulfilled that exist beyond us. Mm -hmm. And and Anna's mentioned several times to me that she didn't feel like she could be the partner that was right for me, the partner that I deserved, and I felt the same for her. But that partner does exist for us. Yeah, it was really hard to be in a relationship when it got to the point where 
yeah, where I could imagine someone better for Sid than me, which was was a hard realization to make. Um, but once I kind of sat with it for a while, it just made more and more sense. And I love Sid enough that I want him to be happy. Um, so, yeah, it just made sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had the exact same feelings and actually felt like I could see somebody who was in your life that would be a good <laughs> fit for you because I know you so well. I feel like I could see it before you could, mm-hmm. that there was a good match who had all the qualities that make you happy and then so many things that you were needing in your life that I don't um, possess, like mm-hmm. patience and, <laughs> and science. And patience <laughs> and science, the two things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so then, like, as far as the mourning process goes, mm-hmm. like, it sounds like... And correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like each of you came to the realization that things were better if you were apart before it actually happened. Yeah, like I feel like I've been going through the sad part of the breakup for like the past six months, probably. Like it hasn't been good for a long time. And I've been so sad about it and just wanting to talk to Sid about what we can do over and over again that I feel like we have already exhausted all the options and when we came to this realization that this was the right choice I knew that there wasn't another choice to make so it just made it that much easier and it was really just a relief when we got to that point um I don't know if it sounds sort of bad but I just feel like I'm already over it because I know that there isn't another choice it's not like I'm like oh what if we did this and what if we did this I just know that this is the right choice to make and I just already feel like it has just been my friend for the past six months and we were trying to make it something else but it just wasn't and now that we've decided that this is what we're going to do I can talk to him so much easier and I feel like he is more like it's kind of part in my life is more meaningful because we're not lying to each other about what it is anymore so you know it's weird to be with someone for five years and then have it end sort of slowly over like six months and then all of, all at once. But I think we're both much happier now. And we're both really excited about what the future holds for both of us, together and apart. And we're both already kind of dating a little bit, and we get to share that aspect of it with each other too, which has been interesting but really fun actually. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's going well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you two got married last August. Yeah, it hasn't even been a year yet. So close. Weird. <laughs> Almost made it a year. Oh. <laughs> Should have stuck it out a bit longer. <laughs> so then, so you, both of you starting to reevaluate everything that happened shortly after you got married. Yeah, I would say by Christmas for sure. Okay. We were both already not feeling it, I guess. Um, yeah, and then just since Christmas, it's been sort of a slow burnout I would say until we started being really honest with each with each other and then things happened pretty quickly after that yeah weren't honest about so many things because didn't want to hurt the other person yeah and then we both realized that we were both feeling the same way and had kind of come to the same conclusion and then it made it an easy decision to make Mm -hmm. I was always worried you loved me so much forever (laughs) and that I would Break Sorry your to heart. Worry you. I oh didn't want to break your heart by expressing any doubts, and mm-hmm. just thought that I'd, I'd potentially have to 
be the one that ended at some point and didn't know how to do that well and how we could be friends after. And you right. had expressed throughout our relationship that you didn't think you'd be able to be friends if we ever broke up. Yeah, I think, I mean, at that point, I mean, I'm quite a romantic person, so I think I could, like, couldn't imagine us breaking up without it being your idea. So I thought that if you had just broken up with me and I didn't want to, then obviously it would have been hard to be friends, but because it was so mutual, it made it easy. Because mm, mm-hmm. we're both people who are on a similar path growing together and maturing and very open-minded and really mm-hmm. taking a good look inwards. Yeah. And happened to end up being really great timing, which probably doesn't happen for everybody. I just feel like because our relationship was so easy and healthy and open, mm-hmm. um, it ended up being an obvious thing because it was a great relationship for both of us when it was great. It wasn't when it wasn't. And we were clear at the beginning. We didn't want to have an okay relationship or a bad relationship. Yeah. We didn't want to... Don't want to settle. No. And we're also... Uh, non-confrontational and don't argue and bicker and that's not something we ever wanted to be a part of it or stress each other out we just wanted to be a partner Mm -hmm. a lover Mm -hmm. and it wasn't that Mm -mm. (laughs) like friends (laughs) yeah so then okay so you're talking about looking inward Mm -hmm. when you look inward Mm -hmm. which actually that's uh it's interesting that you brought that up because it's something that i myself have been really starting to get serious about over the last like six months probably and it's scary because when you look inward all of a sudden you're seeing these things that you don't want to see and you're seeing ways that you are that you never thought you'd be like Mm -hmm. so did you have that kind of like what is it what is it like to look inward and like and do you share that what you see with each other was it always that way it seems like you know you must be pretty open about that stuff yeah I definitely think I mean for the last six months we like we weren't communicating well at all and I think it's because we were both having these thoughts that we didn't want to share with each other that we kind of just buried it for a while um but this last year has definitely taught me a lot about myself and I feel like I've done a lot of self-reflection about um who I am as a person and how I want to be as a partner Um, but who I am when I'm alone as well, because it's been a long time since I've been alone, and I felt very alone this year, which, although it was sad, was quite good for me, I think, um, that introspection. Um, And also has made me, I feel a lot more clear about what I want, Um, you know, not only for my own career path in my life, but what I want in a partner as well. Um, And I feel like Sid has gone through even a bigger change than that, because he's sort of change the way he looks at love and partnerships now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I th- okay, I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, well, I was uh, very much alone for most of my life and, you know, I've, I've gotten good at being alone um, and have lots of other friendships, um, affectionate ones in my life that um, have always kind of filled me and I feel like I've just needed to have lots of different people and types of love around. And I was able to, through my whole relationship with Emma, I was able to keep really close, affectionate friendships, mostly with women, um, because there was always trust and there was no infidelity and it was just part of who I am. And yeah, for us being apart so long, I kind of was able to take a look at who I wanted to be in the world, in business, what I wanted for myself. And a lot of it was focused towards potentially being a father one day and having kids together and what kind of person Mm -hmm. I wanted to be. Um, 
and I didn't think too, too much deeper about what I really needed until near the end when I was um, able to spend more time with really close friends and get so much love and respect and friendship and you know ego boost, of course, from being around people that just love me and want to be with me so much. Um, I realized I needed that in my life and I'd come home and wouldn't have it with you. And I'd get kind of down and, and sad and depressed and we both were together. But I was able to go out and, and be with people who could charge me up. And I th- knew that was so important that I stay optimistic and, and happy so that I can be that person for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so would spend less time with Emma when I was visiting in Calgary because of that. And wasn't really until we made the decision for the breakup that I really looked into what kind of person I am when it comes to relationships and um, I kind of learned more about what polyamory was and I've never had a label for myself and I don't really like the idea of it and it very much turned me off at first until I started really digging in and meeting to other people who identify as polyamorous where it's just a way to be open to whatever love is in your life Um, It doesn't mean you have to have any certain restrictions or boundaries or any type of relationship, non-monogamous or monogamous, just that you are open to the love that presents itself and aren't going to hide that from yourself because that isn't healthy for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have always been a polyamorous person and I never was in a serious monogamous relationship till I met Emma. And I was a polyamorous person the whole time in the sense that I've all been capable of loving so many people, even though I was just romantically involved and sexual and faithful with you uh, in a monogamous relationship for five years. I was still the same person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that it's over, um, yeah, I've really been digging in and I can picture myself going on dates with new people. I can picture myself having multiple romantic partners and having really close friends that are affectionate, romantic, and even having some casual sexual partners. Mm -hmm. And I can also see in there that there could be somebody that I could be with long-term monogamous and even have a life and a family and kids. And none of those need to be mutually exclusive. And I Mm -hmm. don't need to have all of them either. And I just don't know what's going to come, but I'm so open to it and excited for those experiences that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I know that is not something that fits in with what you want from a romantic partner. No, it's definitely not what I want, but I think, I mean, as soon as Sid started talking about it, I think it makes so much sense for him. It just, it just seems very fitting that, that that's what he wants. And I can see that for him. Um, yeah. So I'm really happy that he gets a chance to explore it, mm-hmm. see what comes. Yeah. And you, you hear about so many partnerships where one person feels this way strongly or both a little bit and so they try to keep the exact same partnership that they have while one person explores that or they both explore that but then they place restrictions on each other that you're my primary you can't spend more time with other people that you meet or it can't be romantic but only sexual or can only be sexual but not romantic and all these rules um, that don't really allow for the initial relationship to be its full thing and it doesn't allow the person in the relationship to experience the other kinds of love in a natural way. And that just would not, would not have been possible for us to do because that no, is not. not something you'd be happy with. No, no, it's, yeah, that doesn't suit, that doesn't suit me at all, I would say. Emma's never placed any rules on me, never said I can't spend certain types of time with 
um, my friends of opposite sex or can't go out and you can't tell somebody not to fall in love. That's not something anyone can control. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're clear that you would not be happy if I was doing something with someone else or that if I ever felt the need to be with someone else, just to let you know. Yeah. I mean, that was the only rule we ever made that if you want to be with someone else, you just have to tell me and I get to decide what to do with that information. <laughs> Which yeah. you had never quite told me. And then I get to decide. You've always told me. And then we'll break up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then you can go do what you want. Yeah. And I'll be heartbroken. You have to tell me. <laughs> but yeah, near the end, that could have been a different decision. You had even mentioned um, the idea of an open relationship. Yeah. Yeah, that happened like around Christmas time. I think I was just feeling like such a lack of intimacy in our relationship that I was feeling quite lonely even when we were together. So it was like an idea that I brought up in passing, but I think that was just a sign of how I was feeling and not, it wasn't really what I wanted. I knew that's not what I wanted, but I was just trying to broach the subject of, of me not being happy without having to say it, I yeah. guess. Yeah. That was always something that I was open to, and I was always mm-hmm. clear that I wouldn't be jealous if you had a first kiss with somebody or grinding on a dance floor because that's something that didn't bother me but I know is not something that you uh, would be happy with and that would make you uncomfortable and Mm -hmm. have jealousy and so me expressing that I don't care that you do that never meant that I wanted to but also I think probably to you made you feel that yeah and I I, that's just not the kind of partnership that I wanted either Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah and it turns out I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> so I'm not very familiar with polyamory. I, I only learned about what it was um, like probably seven months ago or something like that. So you have described it in a way that's actually kind of helped me understand a little bit more what it is, what it means. And... Um, but to kind of make sure I'm more clear on it is it like love without any rules um the 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 ways to describe it are just however many types of um connections you can think of and combinations um could be a part of it so for me i mean like i said i'm a polyamorous person someone that can love multiple people but I was in a monogamous relationship for five years um, with rules and something called ethical polyamory ethical non-monogamy is the idea that you have relationships um, and everyone within the relationship is enthusiastic and wants what's happening to happen so knows about all aspects of yeah yeah. and knows about what they want to though so emma and i couldn't have had that type of relationship that ethical Mm non-monogamy because that is not something she was enthusiastic about not enthusiastic and you know if that was the case that would be something that potentially we try over years and slowly i can spend time with somebody else and maybe a year in you're finally open enough for me to spend a weekend with that person. And it doesn't mean that we have to be transparent about everything. We just have to be true to each other and respect each other. So if we decide that we want to know about the sexual exploits of the other person, you know, we have to choose what we're going to share with each other and, and what's going to make the other person happy. So 
Um, the rules are just so dependent on the people and the relationship. Um, partly there's the idea that you just can't control what anyone does but yourself. Um, and so the, the best relationships are the ones that make you the best version of yourself. You know, not where you're fixing somebody else or you know, what looks good on paper. And so with polyamory, um, for people that are open to it, um, you can have those relationships. And um, I know somebody who has a stronger relationship with her boyfriend because she can enjoy romantic, physical time with someone else. And that love she has with him just makes her realize how much she loves her partner and lets her be more with him. And she described it that um, the fact that he is just so open and accepting of her exploring love the way she feels that she needs to and is letting her do that and, and supporting it that it makes her love him more as a partner for that um, where we can have some resentment for the restrictions which we talked about you know with our career and living situation but mm -hmm. for some people having those restrictions with love can also be a, a, a boundary for resentment and for so many people traditional monogamy it's just so well-defined that, yeah, it makes sense. These are the rules. No one even has to talk about the rules. We know what these rules are. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a lot of people in them, like myself potentially, who was suppressing feelings of love for other people and um, not exploring what something could be where it's not something I ever really thought about, but most people are going to have other crushes and sexual desires for other people. Um, but I never went on a romantic date the whole time we were together. Mm -hmm. And I probably met people that I felt I could have a connection with. And that potentially could have helped me to build more love and have more love for you, but it's hard to say. And so with my journey with polyamory, it's just um, about being open and honest with myself and whoever I have any romantic feelings with. And... Um, sexuality can be a part of it and for me I do really enjoy sex if I have a deep connection with someone so it's definitely not about sleeping around with a lot of people for me it is more about having actual love with people and so many different types of love so, you know you make a new friend sometimes you love them the first day and sometimes you love a crush before it's months before it's appropriate to say I love you but you know there's just so many different types of love and for me with my personality, I'm just so excited now that I can just be open to exploring that. Um, with the extremely small community that's open to it, but also realizing that, you know, so many people are open-minded these days and want to hear about this kind of stuff and that um, a lot of people are just kind of open to non-traditional types of love. So then have you encountered any people who were, like, strongly opposed to your way of living? Mm. Not really, but I mean, currently I'm doing just typical dating stuff. So the last couple of weeks I started going on Tinder and I think it's pretty normal for a single guy to go on multiple first dates, yeah. potentially make out with somebody, potentially go home with somebody. You know, a lot of this stuff people would have a problem with for sure. Um, yeah, I've talked to some long-term monogamous people who just can't really imagine that and it seems exciting but I couldn't see doing that with my partner and I'm, how could you trust people and what about the jealousy so um, a lot of people empathize relating it to themselves and how they mm -hmm. couldn't do that and 
Um, just because you're a jealous person doesn't mean you can't experience multiple types of love, but it doesn't work for everybody. Um, if you are extremely jealous of what your partner is doing, then it might not work for you. And for me, I actually have a light amount of jealousy, probably less than most people um, when it comes to romance. So that part really, really works well for me. Because um, the first date I went on since Emma um, is polyamorous and has told me about her boyfriend, who she classifies as her primary, and that she's just out kind of dating again. And yeah, within 10 minutes, I told her as well what, 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 I'm just open to anything and that I was actually really excited to hear that she has a primary partner who she loves because that's not what I'm trying to find with anyone else. I'm just looking to um, explore relationships and, and make new connections. And that, I mean, that honestly just sounded absolutely perfect to me mm-hmm. that I could just find someone to connect with and spend time with them without there being any big commitment or obligation besides um, just the natural obligation to respect somebody and be honest and not want to hurt them so I think it takes a lot more work actually to navigate relationships in this type of way but for me it's like work I really enjoy doing I'm excited about because it's evolved involving so much openness and transparency there's no way I, I would have expressed this last big rant that I had with you during our relationship because I'd be worried that you hearing these feelings would hurt you and that you'd mm-hmm. feel that you're not enough because I want to have this love for multiple people mm-hmm. But um, that's why it's important that I have a partner or partners that can understand that that's a part of me. So, like, it's sounding like you two have just been on this huge quest of trying to discover yourselves and what it is to live a healthy life for yourself. And so we're actually nearing the end of the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, There is one question that I like to ask everybody that's on the show And it's funny because um, usually, like, we bring up mental health. Like, I am optimistically depressed. Mm -hmm. But I think that this relates to it because you're talking about this journey of Mm self-discovery. And so sounds like both of you have been thinking so much about what it is to be yourself that uh, you would probably have an interesting answer to this question. Mm -hmm. Um, So what does it look to you to be mentally healthy? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely something I've struggled with I have depression as well but I've been doing quite well for the last little while I would say and I think it's just being able to have open honest communication not just with the people that you're close to but with yourself um, to have a positive relationship with your internal monologue I would say is, is what being mentally healthy is to me is that when I was first diagnosed with depression, I felt like I didn't know myself anymore. And I felt like the person talking in my head was somebody else who was really mean. So having a healthy, positive, open communication with my internal monologue is what mental health means to me. Mm. That is fascinating. <laughs> Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Follow that, Sid. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to me, it's, it's really being able to be okay with yourself and your level of mental health because we all have just so many different varying degrees of, of clinical types of mental health and, and um, personality disorders, and we're all just so different. So for me, it's, yeah, being okay with who you are and not needing 
to have something change in you to be happy, but being proud of the person that you are mm-hmm. and knowing that that is okay and that is a good person because that is who you are. <laughs> you are no different than the person you are. Yeah, that's good. No different than the person you are. How can I not be myself? Yeah, and know that you'll grow and change and be mm-hmm. open to that. But yeah, it's being okay with you. Mm-hmm. Those are really good. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you two are very beautiful people. Oh, um, thanks. Yeah, oh, I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I, I enjoyed this conversation. I really enjoyed learning a lot of something that I just don't know a lot about, mm-hmm. and I think that's it's just really healthy to do that. And I appreciate both of you being so open about it. So thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, Ruth. thanks. This Ruth. was fun. Yeah, it's kind of an impromptu. I was scheduled just to have a chat with you. I was like, I don't even know what we're going to chat about. But I was with Emma today, recording for my podcast. I was like, let's both go and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, and what's your podcast? Uh, no name yet, um, but I'm creating a podcast now um, that I guess documents my journey through relationships, starting with interviewing my wife Emma and talking about that relationship and and what that's meant. And then every single person that I go on a date with and fall in love with and have a date with and have sex with and um, friends I meet and people like you and Sean, Ruth, and the people in my life and how everyone has totally different relationships and how they interact with each other. And I'm going to probably record about a year of it and edit it into a a short story, a little season. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to It's exciting to for that. me because yeah. I really am learning so much right now. So it's such a cool safe space where I can just ask people questions mm. and genuinely want to know. And then people are so much more vulnerable and transparent because they're just in that context. Yeah. Like us now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like, thank you very much for taking time out of each of your days to mm. be here. That I really great. appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, and, Yeah. And to everybody who's listening, thank you so much. I love hearing feedback as well. So if you have anything you want to ask or talk about or whatever, always feel free to reach out. And just know that wherever you are, I'm sitting here loving you. So have a great night morning, afternoon, evening, and I will be talking to you soon. Bye.